All right, so to begin Hour 2, I guess there's an update on some breaking news about Jerry Lee Lewis. If you want to tell us about that, Troy? Yeah, it's very simple. Screw TMZ. They blew it. Yeah. He's still alive. Apparently. Apparently, yeah. I don't know the whole situation. I don't know if anybody does. Apparently TMZ doesn't. But uh, I just posted about it, too. I better take that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's coming down. Just put a... uh, Did you put it on Facebook? Instagram. Oh, can you edit Instagram posts? Yeah. Uh, just you know, throw an edit in there and just say, hey, I didn't screw up. TMZ did. Blame those jabronis. <laughs> Not me. But I still love Jerry Lee Lewis. Right. All right. So it makes me want to re- rewatch that movie, though. Go do it. Yeah. Do you watch movies when you're working? Pass the time? Uh, definitely bring like an iPad or something. It depends. It depends on the night. If there's, if I got everything done early, I will like, I watched the entire like Bill Cosby documentary series that just wow. came out like in a few days that I passed the time with that. All right, let's get to our, uh, our next guest here. It's Robert Allen from pokesreport.com. And also he's a sideline porter for uh, Oklahoma state radio and uh, I recorded this interview earlier today with Robert Allen as we preview the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Robert, to start off, I think K-State and Oklahoma State right now have a lot in common. Both second place in the Big 12, both having some heartbreaking losses to TCU. And also seems like pretty banged up. K-State with a lot of injuries after TCU, and it you know, seemed like Oklahoma State was missing a handful of guys against Texas, but still won the game. So as we talk right now, do you do you have any updates on who might play and who won't play of those injured guys? Yeah, I, I, I pretty much have all the updates, but, but uh, the reason I have them is I keep them secret. That's the deal we have our, as a radio crew with Mike Gundy. We're allowed to go to practice, and he lets us have a really good uh, idea of what's going on throughout the week. So that we can do our job on Saturday, but uh, he doesn't want any of that out prior to Saturday. So uh, I can't help you with it. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Robert, I have fifty bucks here. I can send it to your Venmo. What's your uh, What's your thing? Yeah, here? that fifty bucks. Uh, I, I uh, I'm around these kids too much, and I respect what they do too much. That fifty bucks is. Uh, nah. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny because after the Texas game, uh, we were talking about. Uh, you know, what if Spencer Sanders hadn't been able to play? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and somebody said, well, hey, what if uh, what if I offered you a half a million dollars and Spencer Sanders doesn't play in the game? And uh, I know that sounds crazy. Maybe it's because I'm the age I'm at and I've been around and I feel like I've got a pretty good retirement stored up. But I said, no, I, I, you can't do that. You can't, you can't put a price on what happened to Oklahoma State last Saturday. I mean, on those sidelines in that stadium, I'm not sure Boone Pickens Stadium's ever been that rowdy. Uh, I think the fans knew that the team was up against it. Texas got a damn good football team. And uh, and to see those kids come back when guys are seemingly falling and going to the training room and to the locker room throughout the second half and to see them come back, uh, I think there were a lot of people in that place that uh, uh, their respect and their admiration for those kids grew a bunch. And uh, I know mine did. It was a heck of a game. It was, it was one of the guttiest efforts 
I've seen, I've been around Oklahoma State football for going back to when I was a walk-on. So, uh, you know, I can think of a handful of games that would rank up with that. But that that was one of the all-timers. I watched the whole thing. It was awesome to see Oklahoma State come back and win that game, both offensively and defensively. It was clicking in that fourth quarter to to make it happen and send the Longhorns back to Austin with that loss. Uh, so we'll talk about the team as if you know everybody's going to play. I suppose Spencer Sanders, he's a guy that's been around for a while. I can tell you he'll play. I can tell you he will play. <laughs> yeah, he should be good to go, right? He, He'll be good. He'll be fine. He battled being banged up to play against Texas, and now he's going to play K State. Um, he's over two thousand passing yards. He's the only quarterback in the Big Twelve to reach that mark so far. Overall, just for this season, how would you grade him out so far? Uh, I think not just his performance, but his leadership of the team. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it. I and mean, I was on the field at TCU and that was really, that was really the worst for him. I mean, I'm, I wasn't sure how far or how long he would be able to go in that game. And, um, it was actually before the Texas game in his news conference, uh, that week, Steve Sarkeesian said he noticed that the offensive line, when the uh, TCU fans and students stormed the field, the offensive line gathered around Spencer and basically escorted him off the field. And I, I had not seen that. I, I didn't look at the, the TV copy. But to think, you know, and Sarkeesian said, no, I've never seen that. I mean, that tells me those guys, they've got his back. And they really do. Uh, defense, too. Uh, he and Jason Taylor, who got hurt at the end of the Texas game, they're like brothers. And before Spencer would go on the field, he had to get over there and make sure he eyeballed Jason and, and told him, hey, man, you know, it's okay. And, and you know, I, I, I literally said, I love you, and then ran back out on the field. So th- that's one of the things about this team. And, and, you know, you give credit to Mike Gundy and the staff. And they've got – but you know what? I'm going to give credit to Kansas State. I go back to Bill Snyder, and I've known Coach Snyder forever. And I think Chris Kleiman has followed in his footsteps very solidly. These two programs could look in the mirror. They're both tough. They're both disciplined. They're not going to quit. Um, This should be a heck of a game on Saturday because whether either one of them and both of them, and I think probably both of them are banged up, uh, the kids that fill in, they're going to fight their, their tails off. Um, I think there's a lot of mutual respect. I, I've talked to the, some of the Cowboy players and, and, and obviously Mike Gundy at his news conference on Monday. Uh, these, these two programs are cut from the same cloth. Yeah, that blue-collar cloth, no doubt about it. It I, is. I, I know Joe Klanderman, defensive coordinator, is expecting – Oklahoma State to throw it and be successful throwing the football. How blessed is Oklahoma State this year with wide receivers? Well, we found some that I think a lot of people weren't sure uh, were ready to play uh, and and should get some back this week. But uh, Stephon Johnson, the freshman, goes by Boogie. He's been a real surprise. Um, the other guys we knew about, we knew about Brennan Presley, John Paul Richardson, Bryson, Bryson Green. And here's the crazy thing. Bryson's twin brother, Blaine, who's a little bit bigger, was going to play the Cowboy back. And he would have been a major receiving threat at the Cowboy back, but he, he got injured and lost for the season back in fall camp. So 
yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, you could say it's an embarrassment of riches, but with all the injuries, you've needed every single one of them. So um, it's been good, though. And, and the guy who literally picks out each receiver in recruiting is Casey Dunn. So you got to give credit to the OC and, and wide receivers coach because uh, they don't recruit a receiver unless Casey Dunn says, yeah, I want him. So. And three wide receivers for Oklahoma State in the top 10 in the Big 12 in, in receiving, Braden Johnson, Bryson Green, Brennan Presley. Now, But a running back, you lose, of course, Jalen Warren to the NFL, Desmond Jackson, kind of the number three, I guess, last year. He transfers. Dominic Richardson, who, who did get Herbie at three rushing touchdowns against Texas, Jaden Nixon. Uh, you know, what is the story this year about the running game? You know, it, it just hasn't totally clicked. Probably the Arizona State game was the one game that, that uh, Dominic really played well and everything seemed to work in the run game. Uh, the last couple of weeks, probably the fact Spencer has been more reserved about running the football, uh, that's probably um, stunted the running game a little bit. Although, you know, give Spencer credit. He's picked his spots and and had some pretty good, pretty good runs, but um, you know, I thought last week against Texas in the, in, in the second half, and then Jaden had the fifty-one yard run where he kicked the shoe off in the first half. I, I think if you can get Jaden a little bit involved, and then Ollie Gordon, freshman, who's a big kid but I'll, you know has speed, I think if if this is a three-headed running back position, it'll actually fare a little bit better. So we'll see, because I think it's starting to move that direction where all three will play inside games. And You know, one of the things about Mike Gundy, and you could go back, he's almost always had at least two. Last year, you mentioned Jalen Warren, but Dominic played a lot, and so did Desmond Jackson. Uh, just about every year, there's been two running backs. Even in 2011, when they won the Big 12 Championship, they had Joseph Randall out of Wichita, but Jeremy Smith out of Tulsa ran a lot that year so um yeah I, I think if we if we see all three of these guys kind of share that position it might make it a little bit better overall but that's just a guess i mean we haven't really seen it yet we're speaking with robert allen sideline reporter for oklahoma state radio plus rights for pokesreport.com that's my go-to place for news on the oklahoma state cowboys to the defensive side of the football, how are we feeling about this Derek Mason guy who took over a defensive coordinator with, of course, no pressure at all, just inheriting what was last year the number one defense in the nation and replacing top four tacklers? What do we think about him so far? Yeah, I, I think Derek's done a good job. He's put, uh, he's, he's kept a lot of what Jim Knowles did, um, you know, by choice. I mean, Mike Gundy, you know, encouraged it, but but Derek said, no, nah, I, I think that's smart. And, Change, did not change the language. It's the same language and, and the same playbook as, as Jim worked off of. But he's put a few of his own little wrinkles in there. Uh, the defensive line's been outstanding, and I think they get a lot of credit for that second half against Texas. But just like the receiver position, just like the offensive line, uh, yeah, just like uh, – now, the tight end position or the cowboy back position, they've had to play a lot of guys in the secondary. I mean, safeties, corners, guys have been hurt. Um, and I think when you do that and you throw really young guys out there, 
Some of them have played well, but there have been mistakes. I mean, uh, freshman DBs, that's probably a hard place, especially at safety. Corners, you're pretty, pretty much going to ask them to cover. Safeties in zone defense and also in run support, they've got a little more complex position to worry about. And so I think some of that has been uh, off-kilter at times. But um, And I know the numbers have been big at times. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, around here, no one expects anything other than get a W. And if the defense helps and gets a W, here's the other thing, too. Look at the starting field position for uh, Oklahoma State and for its opponents. Other than the game last week with Texas, which really was not strong, special teams have factored huge. And here's another area where Oklahoma State and K-State can look in the mirror. The tradition of special teams at at K-State, same thing at Oklahoma State, and this year especially, Mike Gundy has said he thinks this is his best special teams group ever with the punter, with the cover units, with the return game, uh, with Tanner Brown as kicker. Uh, so that's that's been another big part of, uh, of this team all season long. In the secondary, a corner at safety, players like Jabbar Muhammad, Jason Taylor, like you mentioned, you know, some of the numbers, you know, giving up over 500 yards a game, but has that kind of overshadowed like some of the true star power that this Oklahoma State defense does actually have? Well, I remember, you know, Javar, and I thought he did pretty good, but he, he had to move from corner to safety last week with an injury. Corey Black's been playing with a hamstring issue, playing through it. He's the other corner. Now you got Jason Taylor, who got banged up at the end of the Texas game, and I'm not sure what his status will be for for Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, and Jason Taylor is such a ball hawker. You know, that, that's what he does and does well, and he'll probably end up being an all-Big all 12 safety simply on his turnover numbers because he's just I mean, he's so good in that area. But, yeah, like I said, it's been a mixture of big plays with giving up big plays. And if you could minimize the giving up and keep the big plays you've been making, the turnovers and the negative yardage plays the defensive line gets, yeah, you know, this defense would look a lot better. So that's, that's the thing. You know, they've given up. Go back to the TCU game. They gave up some big plays. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the one thing this defense has been guilty of. And it's the thing I know they continue to try and, and minimize. Yeah, the numbers tell me first and second down have been an issue. But third down, Oklahoma State's best defense in the Big 12 of making stops and not allowing opposing offenses to convert. So I got one more question on the, on the defense. And that is okay. you know, the Felix and Udike Uzama reaction into this season from opposing offenses in the offensive lines is like just try to stop and just try to sell out on Felix as much as you can with double teams. He gets double teamed every single play. Kind of what you get there with the three-three-five defense, I suppose, from K State was sending three a lot. Has like the Colin Olivers and Brock Martins that Leo position. Has that also have those two received that kind of reaction from opposing offensive lines after having such big years a year ago? No, it has been hard for teams to do that because, uh, especially in pass rush situations, they've gone with a NASCAR package, uh, which basically just stands for a speed package. Uh, and they'll put uh, Brock out there with Colin, with Trace Ford, who was really the guy. He was Colin Oliver uh, before Colin Oliver got here. They're from the same school, Edmund Santa Fe. And Trace has overcome two ACLs. But he was a center fielder in high school, and he's an edge rusher. And then they moved Tyler Lacey, who's always been a defensive end, but 
has grown to 290, 295 now. They move him inside, so you've really got four defensive ends out there. One of them's 295. Uh, another one is uh, sitting right there around 260. And then you've got the two speed guys at 245, 250. It becomes a pretty effective package, and it's very hard to double-team anybody. Now, where Colin Oliver got hurt last week, and you got to be aware of this because it's one of K-State's favorite running plays, he got ear-holed a few times on that Texas counter. So uh, he's, he's going to, I'm sure, brush up this week on how to play the counter. And uh, that's the thing with K-State, and especially if Martinez is healthy. Uh, you know, they, they're so good at the quarterback run game, quarterback draw, quarterback power, quarterback counter. Uh, and then you throw Deuce Vaughn in with that. Uh, that'll, keep, that'll keep that front, especially the linebackers. And there's a guy you didn't mention. Mason Cobb is not. He's not uh, Rodrigo. He's not Malcolm Rodriguez yet, but he's working on it, and he's starting to get really good. Oh, there's no doubt he's a stud. You're right. I did forget about him. That is a stud that needs to be mentioned. Leading tackler, right, for Oklahoma State this season. Yeah, he's, he has really come on. And, in fact, uh, didn't really know this, and I'm around the team a bunch, but uh, you know, Mason gives Malcolm credit because he, he showed me how to watch tape. and He's the guy that showed me how much tape you had to watch if you really wanted to be good. So. He's turned Mason Cobb into a little bit of a gym rat. Well, Robert, to wrap up, I, I, I'm so looking forward to this game. It's going to be a great environment for a 2:30 kick. You know, nationally televised, Big 12 title implications when it comes to the you know, the pecking order. Absolutely a huge game for both teams. Oklahoma State's bringing their band and everything. But did anybody bring up to Mike Gundy about the band and how it's been moved from the end zone back to the student section? No, but just promise me I'll get to hear plenty of Wabash Cannonball, and I'll be happy. There's going to be plenty of Wabash Cannonball. Is that one of your favorite traditions? Yeah, I love Wabash Cannonball. It's great. So, uh, and you know, the the sideline guy over there on the other side for K State's one of my best buds, uh, Matt Walters, and and so we, like I said, this this is. uh, I mean, I know everybody wants to win on Saturday. Oklahoma State wants to win. K State wants to win. But I tell you what, uh, there are there are three schools I look at in this league that. I always want to be with, and Texas and Oklahoma are not not one of them. K State and Iowa State, mm. both uh, along with Oklahoma State. I'm big on the state, so uh, a lot of mutual respect. But I agree with you. I think it's gonna be a heck of a game. But and you know, even Mike Gundy said it on Monday. One of the best college football atmospheres in America is uh, Bill Snyder Family Stadium. So yeah, I always look forward to going to Manhattan. Yeah, Robert, it's going to be a fun one. Thank you so much for your work with Oklahoma State, and and thank you for your time. All right, looking forward to it. Robert Allen sitting down earlier with Mitch Fortner to talk through the game on Saturday afternoon as the Cats and the Pokes get underway at 2.30 Saturday in a battle of top 25 teams. I haven't seen the TV assignment yet. I'm hoping it's no Tim Brando. I'm hoping that it is uh, uh, Jason Benetti and Brock Heward on the call for the Fox TV side of it because, well, let's be perfectly honest, Tim Brando is Tim Brando. Uh, We learn every time that he's on one of our games, don't we? We learn a lot. Anyway, uh, coming back, if you have just gotten dropped by a major shoe corporation, no one we know, not at all, it may not help to show up unannounced at another major shoe corporation 
to try and get them to take you in. We'll tell you the latest on E when we continue. can't help but laugh at this story because it it gets to the heart of and I know I shouldn't be laughing at ye right now honestly uh, but Kanye West it gets to the heart of how off kilter he has been made by the entirety of what has happened to him now with Adidas dropping him. So, apparently, he decided that he would uh, attempt to get into another uh, shoe business to talk with. By the way, the top 10 most searched for shoes on eBay last night were 9 of 10 Yeez. If you can believe, I didn't realize they even had that many models. Oh, there's tons, yeah. I mean, he started releasing them like Almost 10 years ago now. So it tells you how far out of the shoe game I really am. <laughs> They're expensive. Shoes are expensive, period, yeah. <laughs> man. Give me a pair of my $25 chucks and I'm good. <clears throat> yeah, they've not been 25 for how many years, too? Yeah, they're like 40. So apparently he showed up at Skechers yesterday. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I said... Sketchers. I'm surprised he didn't go to Payless. He was talking about trying to strike a deal with... No, I mean, he tried to strike a deal with Payless a few years ago. I remember him talking about that. TJ Maxx has already said he's out the door. That includes Marshalls here in town. Yeah, they're the same branding, same same company. Right. Uh, He was uh, escorted out of Sketchers after a quote-unquote brief discussion. Here's here's the problem. Well, a couple things. First is here, the message as issued by Skechers. Skechers is not considering and has no intention of working with West. Pretty simple. Considering Yee engaged in unauthorized filming, two Skechers executives escorted him and his party from the building after a brief conversation. We condemn his recent divisive remarks and do not... Okay. Um, Skechers is owned by a Jewish family. Right. Yeah. Not going to fly ye. You know, what's, I, I'm a big music fan, a big Kanye fan, because I, his music has meant a lot to me throughout the years. It's just really sad and disappointing what's been going on the last couple of years. And it's, (laughs) it's harder and harder to make excuses for the guy, but Man, it's it's gnarly. Let me let me just point this out. For those who don't know Adidas history, there is irony in the fact that they booted out someone who was espousing some anti-Semitic tropes. You do know that they the founders of Adidas were members of the Nazi Party at one point. I. <laughs> I did not. Oh, and in fact, 
the two brothers that founded Adidas? Well, they got sideways with each other back in 1947. That's why we have one of them as Puma. Oh. Same family. Really? Just that they got sideways with each other. That's crazy. So, yeah, Adidas was the last sports shoe factory operating in Germany during the 30s and and until the end of the war. Hmm. Now, there is plenty of discussion on whether or not they really were bought in or if it was just, again, the appeasement aspect of it, all of that. I, I haven't researched it enough to know the full breadth of that discussion. Then again, we have a situation where a Colorado Board of Education member wants to make sure that socialism appears with the word Nazi in every school book. Wow. Discounting what we know of history um, in an attempt to tie socialism to Nazism. But that's another story. The The point being is that Adidas dropping them, a dropping, dropping ye, besides the financial aspect, there, there's a sense of irony to that. Sure. And I mean, oh, this whole thing is just so crazy. Banks dropping him, everything, like all his lines are being dropped. I don't know. There's got to be someone that will probably do something with him in the near, not right now, obviously, but yeah, I, it's, it's crazy what's going on. By the way, though, we do also have to point out Jesse Owens wore Adidas at the 36 Olympics in winning his four golds. So, yeah, there's plenty of debate that can be had there. Right. Uh, just for good measure, though, I do want to note as well. You know that that three stripe logo. You know how they how they got a hold of that? No. Two bottles of whiskey and the equivalent of sixteen hundred pounds. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they bought the logo from a Finnish athletic footwear brand for two bottles of whiskey and the equivalent of sixteen hundred pounds. One of the most iconic things ever. <laughs> Coming back, we hit the song of the day. Commentary. I have no idea what this is. (laughs) You're killing me. You're killing me. Oh, boy. I guess certain staffers around here and I need to have a conversation with you about London Beat 1991. I've been thinking about you. Spent one week at number one. This is just that weird period between like 89 and 92 in the charts where it's just like the 90s hasn't figured itself out yet. Hmm. Listen, if you go back and look at the charts really until the 90s, there was a wide breadth of what was on the charts. Right. But yes, this was this was where heavy dance was 
involved in the 90s, early 90s. Yes, I would agree. And I spun this how many times when working across town at what was then a top 40 station. That's cr- I've never heard this before. I'm, I'm serious. Really? No, not oh, at all. Man. Mike Tamat, if you're listening, you and I have got to give this young man a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Band members are American Jimmy Helms, who had a successful solo career as well as doing radio jingles at one point in his career. Also, Jimmy Chambers, hails from Trinidad, Charles Pierre. All told, though, they've had six different lineups since 1988. This is their only number one. Two top 40 hits overall, seven studio albums. This song essentially helped keep Eurodance on the map at the time. For example, 1989, Pump Up the Jam. 1990, Snap with the Power. This in 91. You followed that up with What is Love, Cotton Eye Joe, Scat Man. See, I know all those songs, just not this one. <laughs> but Eurodance really began to fade away in the late 90s. It, the description essentially comes down to hip-hop, techno, high-energy, house music, and Euro disco. All molded into a number one for all of one week in 1991. And now the the sounds kind of come back with the new Beyonce album. Yes. Taking that kind of Eurodance thing from the 90s. And then the new Drake album, if you can believe it. There's a lot of like dance beat kind of sounds like this and he sings over it. Everything old is new again. Right. Right. Uh... In 1995, London Beat attempted to get themselves through the Eurovision Song Contest with I'm Just a Just Your Puppet on a String. That was in the UK heats, but they were not selected to enter the main contest. They lost to a rap group called Love City Groove. The single stalled at number 55 on the UK chart. They regrouped in 2003 with a new lineup currently on German record label Coconut. Nice. This was released in 1990 as the first single from their second album, In the Blood. It reached number one in more than 10 countries, including Australia, Canada, Germany, and the U.S., peaked at number two in the U.K. They never have reached number one in the U.K. Which is odd, because everything seems to go number one in the UK before here. Right? (laughs) Uh, Jimmy Helms, the leader of that track, was just five months away from birthday number 50 when it made it to number one in the US, making him one of the oldest to have a number one hit. That's right. Australian music channel Max included the song in their list of the 1,000 greatest Back in 2013, they put it at number 394. That's high. Billboard put it at number 158 in their ranking of the top songs of the 90s. 
in 2019. And yet, Travion had never heard it until today. Nope. <laughs> Maybe it's on my 90s collection and I just didn't know what it was. So let me see. <laughs> let me actually check. <laughs> you know, the sad part about that is he reaches for his phone to check. He can do that. Oh, my goodness. It is not. It is not in the collection. I have a Rhino box set called whatever the essential 90s Mm -hmm. collection or whatever. It's like six discs. Not anywhere on that. Don't know. Maybe they couldn't get the rights for it. Who knows? Yeah, well, there's that. See, Rhino, um, didn't they get a hold of Razor and Tie as well? I believe so. Record label? Yeah. Which gets into a whole nother discussion area of (laughs) craziness. (laughs) That that would be the early 80s and punk and the like. No, instead, Eurodance in your ears today. Thanks to London Beat from 1991. I'm still floored by the fact you hadn't heard this. I mean, really, I mean, the, 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 this and what is love? I mean, what is love? Everybody knows just from the joke sure, aspect right. from Saturday Night Live. And it's also been sampled a bunch, too. Sure. In, in my generation, a lot of um, it was sampled in my Eminem's. Well, I mean, it's true. I know. Uh, Eminem and M- or Lil Wayne did a remix of it for their song, No Love. That's super good. <laughs> 2009, baby. <laughs> Everything old is new again. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've never <laughs> never heard the band, never heard the song. Some things slip through the cracks, I don't know. <sighs> you know, this is the stuff that just hurts. Because it just keeps reminding me that Time is slipping away from that, 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 that I'm getting closer and closer to the AARP mailers being more often. Oh, come on now. <laughs> At least it's nothing like, you know, like actual what is love. If I didn't know that song, that there would be a okay. problem. All right. Valid. Still. I lived it and you don't know this song. That's. Oh. Right? Okay. Ask us anything when we continue. Microphone doesn't want to work, and the button that is. The game! As we roll through here towards. Six o'clock, seven o'clock tonight. We've got the Chris Kleiman show coming up for you here on News Radio KMAN. Been a hot minute since we've had that with volleyball the last few weeks, but tonight we've got it for you. Seven o'clock here on News Radio KMAN. Weird week because it's so wide open. Nothing until Friday night, other than the Kleiman show tonight. It's going to be a packed weekend. That it will be. Yeah. That it will be. Volleyball will be streaming. High school football both here and over on B1047 on Friday night. 
Saturday football. Chiefs don't want to buy on Sunday. So uh, we'll have ESPN all afternoon to keep track of what's going on in the NFL for you. All right. What do you got for me? Well, I mean, one thing that I just instantly thought of because there's that Chicago commercial. Do you like yes. Do you like any musical theater? Yes. Like what's your favorite? Um Chicago was solid. Yeah. Um Ragtime Monica and I saw on our honeymoon at what is known as DPAC, the Denver Performing Arts Center. Oh nice. Which was great because it also helped wipe out the memories of having seen, um, having taken a road trip from here with friends, which was an adventure of a road trip, by the way, <laughs> um, to see Phantom of the Opera okay. at DPAC. And you did not like it? No, enjoyed the show. It was who was with me on oh, the trip. Okay. Uh, or And yeah, the okay. remnants of that. Uh, the friends were great. It was just one specific person, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a big Phantom. I love, I love that show. It's pretty good. Phantom is tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be honest, my dad's not a big musical guy, right? When it comes to theater musicals, saw Phantom in New York, right? And which is about to close. It is. It is after um, thirty-five years, yeah. whatever. Yep, and loved it. Though he needed some explanation on some things right. that occurred because he, he had never seen the show and just got, got cut off kilter on some of it. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm pretty straightforward when it comes to that. Um, nice. I need to sit down and watch Les Mis as a movie. I don't like the movie as much as the actual show. I mean, there's it's a long show, so it's hard to like truncate right. the two hours. But I mean, Anne Hathaway was good and Hugh Jackman. I mean, he's great. So, Russell Crowe is probably the worst part about the the Lame Is movie. <laughs> I've never t- taken to his singing very well, but I mean that goes without saying. Probably. Right. Um, what is your preferred jelly bean flavor? Oh boy. Well, going to have to go with cherry. Right. Because I'm the guy that will buy just the bags of sour cherry gels. Oh, nice. You know, I really. People might judge me, but I like the popcorn flavored jelly beans. I think they taste good. You think they taste good? I do. I don't know. <laughs> I, that is a flavor that I've never truly been able to. See, to me, it doesn't taste like popcorn. Right. It's just kind of buttery. I'm, I don't know. I like it. It is, but I don't. I don't know if it's because it's sweet that it just doesn't taste right to me or. Have you had the Harry Potter jelly beans? I have not. And they have the vomit flavored one. Oh god. <laughs> there's there's the reminder that all of this started well, no, it didn't start with, but for crying out loud, we had the garbage pail kids. Right. And <laughs> growing up. So yeah. Um So, you know, it, just general fruit flavored cherry leading the way, but you know, I I'm I'm good with a green apple. I like lime. Green apple is good. Uh, yeah. Lemon, I'm good with. Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty basic, right? On my part, I I would honestly, and and I know that I am a weirdo when it comes to this, because I I hate the fact that Lifesavers took lime out of the five flavor, right. and replaced it with green apple. <laughs> I like 
lime flavored. Right. As opposed to green apple. I would take lime over green apple any day of the week. That's me. Lime's pretty good with most things, but green apple is probably the more popular choice. It is, and I don't understand why. But it's more general. I mean, I married Lime's well. Too exotic. I, I I married well <laughs> in that aspect because we'll order limeades at Sonic and be oh, nice. and be perfectly nice. good with it. So yeah, limeade is delicious. Absolutely. What is one place you've always wanted to visit that you haven't? New York is one. Right. And the Baseball Hall of Fame is going to be the lead on that for me. Mm. Broadway will be the lead on that for Monica. Right. As we continue to work towards that one. What is the show that she would want to see if you guys went? Oh, my. Oh, there are so many. Right. Um, yeah. I, I I will leave that. It, uh, if there was a uh, revival of My Fair Lady. Mm. She would be all over that. Really? That's her favorite one? It It is more so because of Audrey Hepburn. Sure. But it's a great movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. What is your favorite scent, if you have one? <sighs> <laughs> weird question, but I mean, some people have a weird, like, oh, I find this smell kind of cool like i like the smell of gasoline for some reason that to a point i'm okay with right um cut grass i right. like after it rains i like how absolutely it after it rains. absolutely yeah you'll you'll never get me to say that i'm big on pumpkin as a smell really you're not a pumpkin spice guy with not a pumpkin spice guy. I'm good with pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm all right with that, but uh, I think it's overkill. Ironically, vanilla is actually a pretty decent scent. Right. So I know basic. Do you like pumpkin spice <laughs> coffee? No, because I don't like coffee. <laughs> I remember they had the Lay's chips there for a while, too. It's just so stupid <laughs> what we try to pass off as pumpkin spice material. Right. Uh, dude, it's nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, boy. Thursday edition of the game in front of us tomorrow. We'll look forward to chatting with you then.